Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? I want to start with an H so I can... Hello, Ellen. <laughs> Hello, Ellen. Helen. <laughs> Ellen. Hello, Ellen. Everything is... Happening. Happening. Everything is... <laughs> don't know. Can't think of an H word right now. Well, this is great radio. So today we are going to be talking about Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake by Sarah McLean, and later we are going to reveal more of our No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Reading and watching. Um, first of all, I did read an extra book this week. I read Riley Thorne and, and the, the Corpse, Corpse in, in the, the Closet. Closet. As did I. That is one of three books. Extra Look at you going week. nuts. Um, anyway, by Lucy Score. It was delightful. She could keep writing those books forever and I would be happy. Uh, in fact, I made the comment that because there's obviously a big mystery that it's building to. Right. Um, and I, I want to find out what the miss what at the outcome of what this that mystery outcome of this mystery is but i'm worried that that's like the big climactic so i like kind of don't want to find out because <laughs> i don't want the series to end i just want her to write like i know 20 of these and i'll be happy i want it to be like james bond where like he never ages he ne <laughs> nothing ever changes well it's i mean just... seeing as how the first book took place over like five days and then this book takes place over the next five days <laughs> You could, do, mean, <laughs> you could do a year in the life and it would still be like a whole series. So who knows? She could she could keep it going for a long time. But go Lucy Score because those are just a fun read. Yeah. I mean, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but it is far and away mom and I's cup of tea. Yes. Like that is our bread and butter. Yeah. And, a funny mystery. And by the way, the cock blocking in this book oh, is off the charts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I told, like... Spoiler alert, I'm not wholly convinced they get one session that actually counts. I think counts. they get in one, <laughs> but then disaster happens, like, as it's happening. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't see, like, I don't know if that counts, because, eh, anyway. Anyway, it was. Um, <laughs> but it's great. I loved it. Um, I also finished. First Intention by Tara Civic, which I had started on a previous episode, um, and that's the fourth book in the series, the Summer Sweet Island series that starts with Kiss My Putt, which we read on the podcast. Um, and it was cute. It was fun. It was, I think it's kind of the, probably the last one in that series with maybe the additional novella perchance. Um, so it was cute. Um, and then I also read Take a Number by Amy Dawes, which is also book four um, in a series that we started on the podcast. Um, wait, wait with me? Wait for wait me? With wait me, with me, I think, I think it is. Is the um, first book. Yeah. And then there's a One Moment Please in there somewhere. There's a something to do with fishing in there somewhere. <laughs> so that's the second book is the guy who likes to fish. Oh, I think I read that one. Yeah. But then I don't think I got any further. Um, it was good. Um, considering that when I was writing this list and I was like, what was that book about? <laughs> I guess maybe it's not like the most memorable. Um, but it was fun. I, I mean, it's a fun Amy Dawes book. Yeah. Um, and then for watching, 
we started Virgin River season three, so we watched the first episode of Virgin River season three. They are getting after it. It was yeah, like, you guys, I mean, get a room. Yeah, seriously. It was <laughs> mom, almost embarrassing. <laughs> my mom was like, this is so obviously based on a romance novel. <laughs> just the situations that they get themselves in. I was like, oh my gosh, this is just oh, yeah. like straight out of romance. Um, and then we also started Schmigadoon. Oh, that was cute. And it is really funny. If you are a fan of musicals, for better or for worse... And comedy. Especially, like, old school musicals, because it's very obviously, like, lampooning and also paying tribute to... Paying homage to... Like, an Oklahoma and a Music Man and Carousel and that kind of genre of... Carousel, not my favorite. No, that's a terrible (laughs) musical. Gypsy, terrible. There are some musicals out there that I just can't... Yeah. Anyway, that's our personal Well, and my husband and I just started... Without Ellen, because she's a stick of the mud. But we just started Mystery Road. Um, mainly because my husband has been to Australia many times, and so I thought he would enjoy it. Yeah. And um, Mom also saw Boss Baby, too. I did see Boss Baby, too. Family business. <laughs> Colon. <laughs> Um, I took, I just had my granddaughter. Just me and my granddaughter were here, because Ellen was out of town, and my husband was out of town. And just me and my granddaughter... And we had the best time. And I took her to a movie and she, she drank bubble juice. She drank which bubble is juice so and popcorn. <laughs> we have to explain that that because that's yes. not, and know. candy. Candy, popcorn, and bubble juice. That's her thing at movies. And and so we had a lot of that. And um she was just adorable and she was so good during the movie. So I was so proud because that's a big milestone in my family is when you can sit through a movie. <laughs> that's right. And um Anyway, I had a great weekend, just me and my girl. I wasn't here because I went camping with a bunch of teenagers from our church. And um, and we, my husband went too. So my, could, yeah, my dad went too because he brought his boat and he was one of many people with boats up there. Um, and so I was out on the boat all day and my arms and shoulders are just still in pain from inner tubing with a bunch of teenagers. Um it's a lot of a lot of work keeping up with them, you know. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake by Sarah McLean. It is the first book in her Love by Numbers series. It was published in 2010 and was followed by 10 Ways to Be Adored When Landing a Lord and 11 Scandals to Start to Win a Duke's Heart. Um, and I don't want to get too much into it, but this series is also tied to her Rules of Scoundrel series. <laughs> I looked up what the actual title. Because um, we always call it the Fallen Angel series, but that's not its name. <laughs> it's the Rules of Scoundrel series. Um, and I would say that the payoff is worth it. So I would definitely recommend reading this series if you haven't done so, and then reading the Rules well, of Scoundrel. Well, I originally read them backwards. So I read the Rules of Scoundrel series. So... And then went back and read this. I'm pretty sure my order, because I read A Rogue by Any Other Name, like, when it came out. And so I think I read that one, and then I went back and read these, and then I read the other, the rest of the Rule of Scoundrels series as it was coming out. Because The Rogue by Any Other Name is one of my first that we were listening to when I first started reading romance. And so that was, like, the first series that I read. And um, then I went back and read these books. And 
I'd kind of forgotten because when I started this one, I was like, I, I can't really, re- I can't remember anything that happened in this book. But then I was reading it because it's very kind of episodic because she goes on all these little adventures. Yeah. It's like, oh, I remember this. Oh, I remember this. Oh, yeah, that's in this book too. So all these little things that I didn't remember before I started reading. But then as I was reading, I was like, oh, I remember all these little things happening. So. Okay. So let me read the back cover description. Okay. Because you haven't let me do that yet. Oh, yeah. It's my fault. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> A lady does not smoke cheroot. Is that? Cheroot. Cheroot. Uh, she does not ride astride. She does not fence or attend duels. She does not fire a pistol. And she never gambles at a gentleman's club. Lady Calpurnia Hartwell has always followed the rules. Rules that have left her unmarried and more than a little unsatisfied. And so she's vowed to break the rules and live the life of pleasure she's been missing. But to dance every dance, to steal a midnight kiss, to do those things, Callie will need a willing partner. Yeah, she will. Someone who knows everything about rule breaking. Someone like Gabriel St. John? St. John? Well, but they they say it weird because like... Um, I think it's in Jane Eyre where his name is St. John like this, but they say it like Sinjin. Well, that's stupid. Anyway, St. John. St. John. <laughs> Marcus of Ralston. Charming and devastatingly handsome. His wicked reputation matched only by his sinful smile. If she's not careful, she'll break the most important rule of all. The one that says that pleasure seekers should never fall hopelessly, desperately in love. So, Mom... What? So we've read this before, and we have been upfront about the fact that we rather enjoy this book. So what did you think of your reread of The Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake? I loved it. It There were some, in fact, I think I highlighted, there you was did. there was some, um, you know, now that we're all into the whole Me Too thing and, and all that, um, there are some more things. More sensitive to it, I guess. More sensitive to it. That's a good, because... I don't remember thinking it when I read it the first time, but this time I was like, oh, that's a little problematic. Um, but nothing terrible and nothing over the top. Well, what, what, you're, what you highlighted was a moment where she says, no, Gabriel, stop. And he's like, but he ignored her. Yeah. And kept going because he could tell she was in the throes of passion kind of thing. And so it's kind of written off as that, but I feel like if it were written... That, that would not happen. The in a 2020 book perspective, it would; those words would not come out of her mouth without something being like, "Okay, I'm pausing. What's what's, <laughs> what's up? Do what's you want me on? to actually stop?" Kind of thing. Um, yeah, this was one of my gateway drugs. Um, it was one of my very early romance books that I read, um, and I can recognize that this book is not perfect, but. I just love it so much. I don't know if it's in part nostalgia, but also I just, I love this premise. I love... Well, there's all kinds of things to love. First of all, she's kind of a plain Jane who kind of blossoms as she falls in love. Yeah. Which is, and you know, it's never clear, is she just blossoming in his eyes or Mm. in everyone's eyes? But it does kind of seem both, like as she gets a little more... Um, first of all, I love it when she <laughs> just gets a little more ballsy, can we say, yeah. and just starts telling people off, which was awesome. Yeah. But, um, she, you know, so I think it's a, a little of both. I think he, as he falls for, in love with her, she becomes more beautiful to him. But I also think that society in general became more enamored with her as she became more... Herself. Yeah. And came out of her shell. Came out of her shell some. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I, I just love this book. I I love 
I love a Sarah McLean book. I think when you read her books back to back, they sometimes get a little samey. Well, I think that's with almost any author. I think that's true. That. Um, I noticed it a lot with hers just because I, I, I noticed like key moments seem to happen like at the same percentage of a book. And I don't know if that's just because. And is she the one that almost always has. Yes, she's always got like a 30%. A 45% okay. and a 60%. Well, that's is... not what I was going to say, but you interrupted me <laughs> okay. rudely. Um, is she the one that always has Greek mythology or some kind of mythology mm-hmm. in every single book? Mm-hmm. Because this one had a little of that. She always has some sort of, not, well, I mean, I think especially in this series and the Rules of Scoundrels series, there's always some sort of reference, which I think is cool. I it is cool, kind of yeah. Like an interesting through line. Well, and I think too, you know, back then, especially, that was like their history. Their point of reference. <laughs> and their... Was, if you were... Talking about some kind of story from history that was their well, history. and it was kind of their shared pop culture. Like, yeah. it was, you know, that was what they had. Yeah. Pathetically enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have Marvel movies or... <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but, yeah. So, but that being said, with her books being kind of samey, I still love them. I love yes. her writing. I love her characters are always, especially her heroines, are always really strong and, um, you know, more often than not, her heroes are a rake brought low by love, which I just, I love, yeah. you know, it's, I'm, I'm a sucker for it. Um, and I, I really, I think my two favorite books of hers ever are this one and A Rogue by Any Other Name. I just love, and they're both the first book in a series. And I love Pippa's book too. I like. I do really. I love Pippa's book a lot too. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's the second book in that series. A good Earl deserves. Oh, one good Earl deserves another. A lover. A lover. Yeah. One good. I was like, it's Earl deserves something. <laughs> um. Yeah, that one is really good. Yeah, I also really like that one. I love that. I love that series. Yeah, but. it's a good series. Um. Okay. So, what did you think of Callie as our heroine? Um. Well, it was important for both of them to make their journeys because I do love Callie, but there were things that she did that were kind of mousy and missish that I, that I, you know, in the beginning I was like, come on, Callie. The one thing that really stood out to me was when she overheard him, like really disrespect her and tell his brother, you know, I would never, she's just not my type. I would never fall for her. She's missish and plain and, um, and then he realizes that she overheard the whole thing. Yeah. But she's pissed off at him already for something. That scene really reminds me of um, Penelope overhearing Colin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in Bridgerton. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so she marches in and Nick ends up leaving. So she's alone with him and she's just telling him off about his sister kind of thing. Anyway, she ends up, you know, letting him diddle her in the library. And I was like... <laughs> Come on, Callie, don't just fall for him just because. He just was horrible to you. And they hadn't resolved that in any way. She hadn't discussed it with him at all. And she's letting him, you know, kind of have his way with her. And I was like, stand up to that girl. There were some of that. There there was more of that that stood out to me this This time. time, Definitely. On reading it. Um, And I agree with it. I don't, I don't have a problem with like, that happening, but make him work for it a little yeah, bit seriously. more before. Well, and then, I did like that when that happened, she is she puts her feelings aside and she's like, whatever, I don't care. You can say whatever the hell you want about me, but you treated your sister like crap, right? And like that's what I'm here to talk to you about. I don't care. Like 
But obviously she does in that moment. Right. But. And But then she does call him out on it later, and they do end up kind of overcoming that thing. But it just bugged me that she went from him really being disrespectful to her and, and not very nice, and then, you know, just kind of falls into his lap, literally, yeah. with no resolution to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's... that's but that kind of thing where... You know, she just would fall. Yeah, there's a couple times, I think, where they kind of are having it out over something. Um, and usually it's over him, you know, walking off to see his mistress or, yeah, you know, disrespecting her in front of his brother, all that kind of stuff. And she does kind of, like, roll over pretty quickly yeah. on it. But, but that being said... But then, but then... Okay, now you're interrupting me. So. Whatever. <laughs> what I have to say is more important. She, um, but she does make her transition, I think. I think there was growth that we saw. Yeah. And at the end, when she tells off that lady who's, like, saying something about, you shouldn't be eavesdropping, and she says, well, I know a worse habit. <laughs> I know yeah. a worse thing to do, because they were being super gossipy. Yeah. Um, that being said, Callie <laughs> is why I love this book so much. Yes. Um, and just, I think through her, the premise of the book as well, but, um, I will say (laughs) to get slightly like more personal take on it, I related to her when I first read this book and it gets to be more so that I relate to her as I get older and more on the shelf, so to speak. (laughs) As my eggs dry up in my <laughs> dusty womb. <laughs> Thanks for that picture. <laughs> um, but especially, like, uh, how much do I want to get into this? Especially, like, coming from our kind of more religious background where I'm with you I'm following you where we are also somewhat um very pro-marriage and yeah and and... um slightly more we are taught to constrain ourselves which whatever I'm not saying like I disagree with that mom just as you did I say anything did I do (laughs) anything but um slut yeah (laughs) but so I don't know, like, I sort of relate to, like, sometimes I wish I could just... Throw it all off. Yeah, and just go off and let Not worry my... about my reputation. Yes, exactly. Um, go fence, Ellen. I'll let you go fence. <laughs> support will you. you? I'd support you in that. <laughs> go gamble. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, but it's a little different now. Okay. Um... Anyway, I just love her and her journey to finding herself again, and it's just another historical case where it makes me really grateful that we don't live in that time where, because I I really like the stuff in this book where she kind of either reams him or her brother and is, you know, her, her brother is often like, oh, but you can just, just do it. Like, what's the problem? Just do it. She's like, you don't get it. Yeah. Like, it's different. I like, can't just do it because you can. You guys can do whatever you want, but I can't just go do that. Yeah. And, you know, he's talking to her about, um, well, why are you so fascinated with these places you can't go? And she's like, do you ever think about coming into the ladies' waiting room? He's like, no. She's like, yeah, because you've been there. You know that we're doing nothing. But meanwhile, you guys 
Yeah. It's a whole mystery. And um, Well, I love how when she just explains it to um, Gabriel, he he says, oh, you're trying to find Callie. I mean, he gets it. I mean, he understands yeah. what she's doing. And she's like, yes, exactly. But she does have to call him out a few times where, like... Oh, she definitely does. They, he just doesn't <laughs> get it. because And I I mean, I've even had conversations like that today with guys where it's like, you just don't get it. You don't get the difference between being a dude and being a woman. Well, like, nowadays it's more like, okay, you don't understand that I have to be on guard every time I walk to my car yeah. from anywhere. I have to be, I have to, you know, be looking around on my shoulder, always weary of what could. Or I remember getting into a conversation with a guy after Wonder Woman came out and he was saying like, I just think it's been like kind of blown out of proportion, this whole like rah-rah, shish thing for like go ladies. And I'm like, that's because you don't get it because you're not <laughs> a woman. Yeah. You don't understand what it's like to watch a movie where there's, like, a platoon of women fighting together and, you know, like, that means nothing to you because you've had movies your entire life where it's brotherhood and fighting together. Like, yeah, there's a thousand movies like that. But this is the first and only one that's been that for ladies, you know? So that's why you don't get it. You never will get it. Sorry. <laughs> Like, and by the way, one of the best scenes in Endgame was when they showed all the ladies. Yeah, all the ladies. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I, you know, so I think we're still having those conversations today with men where it's like, you you don't get it. Yeah. It's you, different. You don't see it because it doesn't affect, it's not you. It's yeah. not, it doesn't affect you the way it affects us. Yeah. Um, anyway. I also really like about Callie that she's just a good person. Like, I think she's really sweet with Juliana and... And um, her sister and just and everybody. Her, yeah. And um, and I love... I just love that she hears herself being called passive and doesn't take it lying down. You know, she's like, okay, well, that needs to change. I don't like that. Yeah. And I do love when she makes reference to Gabriel that, you know, I'm passive and he's like... You are the least passive woman I know. And then she thinks to herself, like, what a lovely thing for him to say. <laughs> what a great compliment. Um, so, yeah. So, I just, I really like her. I, I, you know, I agree that she makes some decisions where it's like, come on, stay strong here yeah, a little bit Yeah, come on, girl. But, well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about her in the conflict later. Because um, I do have something to say about her on that front. But. Um, what did you think of Gabriel or Ralston as our hero? Well, and he was another one who I had to see the whole picture, the whole journey. Yes. Because he was a bit of a dick sometimes. He was. And he makes some mistakes. He does. And out. she called him out on a lot of crap. Yeah. And um, uh, so, you know, luckily he was able to make that journey. And, you know, the whole bet thing, you could see from the beginning that that was going to be a deal. <laughs> And um, plus, if you've seen, you know, she's all that. I know. Oh, that's, you ruined my moment where I was just like, am I a bet? Am I an effing bet? <laughs> We're going to talk about the conflict later. Okay. So. Sorry to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I needed to see him. And any time, and so many of these historicals are about, you know, it cracks me up in these historicals where they're, you know, a recovered rake. Um it's always, there always has to be the line of when they're having sex, 
she's different than anyone I've ever had sex with. Really? You know, it's, I've never felt this way inside a woman before. It's like, oh, okay. You're just getting your rocks off. You don't really care what's on the other end of that. You are blind <laughs> to anything else that has ever happened ever but there's, before. But there's always that. She makes me feel different than any other woman, than all the hundreds of women I've been with before. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, and I, I mean... I guess, like, the way we could write that off is that it's supposed to be that, especially with these rakish guys, is they're always just, like, mindlessly rutting previously or whatever. Yeah. But... And um, that's in and of itself problematic, yes, but... <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like, that's the, that's supposed to be, like, the way that we reconcile that is like, but this is the first time they're doing it with love. And it's like, okay, but they've been mindlessly running against all these other ladies before, and which is also And we're just going to pretend like that's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but whatever. That's, they're all the same. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. But... Um, especially in the historicals. Especially in the historicals. Because... I don't think you can get away with... Because they well, call them out... No, on, well, they call them out on it more in a, in a contemporary. Yeah. They're more man whores in yeah. contemporaries where it's just like, oh, he's a rake. He's sowing his wild oats in a historical. Yeah. You know? um, but I do appreciate Which that. Which is probably actually the way it was. Yes. So. <laughs> no, I, I definitely think that is how it was. Um... We love a rake, like I said, we love a rake brought low by love, and his fall is particularly satisfying, I think, like. Yes, um, very satisfying. Yeah, and um, I love any and all conversations he has with his brother. I love their dynamic, and I love, you know, I, this is always, like, a thing I love. I don't, I wouldn't call it a trope, but it's a thing that happens in a lot of romance novels where, like, the brother or the friend or whatever is, like, Oh, so she's Callie, is she? Um, well, wh- how would you feel if I were to court Callie? Yeah. He's like, you touch her, I kill you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I see how I it is. I see how it is, but you don't have feelings for her. <laughs> and I I just love their dynamic. And um, and if memory serves, I love the kind of role reversal in the second book yes. as well. Um, so, yeah. So, Gabriel, he makes... He's an idiot, <laughs> as they often, often are. are. But you've got to see the whole journey because he does turn out to be, you know, pretty dishy in the end. Yeah, and his he does seem have have some mommy issues, which come into play. Um, all of them do, and it comes into play in all of their books. Right. Um, and but I I feel like he gets over it fairly easily. So you know, whatever. Um, okay, let's talk about her list. So this is her list, okay? Kiss someone passionately, smoke cheroot, and... We're going to call it a cigarette. A cigar or Yeah, whatever. a cigar. Um, and drink scotch, ride astride, hey um, <laughs> fence, attend a duel, fire a pistol, gamble at a gentleman's club, dance every dance at a ball, be considered beautiful just once. Um, so do, does one of these seem memorable to you? And what do you think of this as a premise for the overall book? Well, I thought it, it was a lot of fun. It made for a lot of fun interactions. Um, I love her dressing as a guy to go fencing. I loved yeah. her dressing as a guy to go gambling. I love her like binding her boobs and not being like a thing between them where he's like, don't, don't do that Don't again. do that anymore. <laughs> I don't I, like I, it. I don't like it. <laughs> um, well, I just kept thinking like if she had her breasts binded like that 
I mean, I think about when there's like a kink in the padding of my bra and I take off my bra and there's like an indentation in my boob. So I just kept thinking like, they couldn't look very pretty at... Well, I have literally done this before. You have? I have. Why? So when I was in college... Oh, I have. <laughs> when I was in college, just as a joke, my roommate and I, they were having some big dance. Some, I don't know, some prom-esque kind of dance. It was a two-year college that I went to. And my roommate and I did not have dates. So I said, I'm going to dress up like a guy and take you to this dance. <laughs> We just did it as a joke, and um, I bound my breasts, which, you know, when I was in college, was not was as big a say, deal I've as Kelly. Of Shut up, you. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen wins in that department. The joke is that I get my boobs from my dad's side because, because it's, it's it wasn't from, here. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and I did dress up like a guy, and we even, like, put a spirit gun little mustache on me. <laughs> little prepubescent mustache and um we went we didn't really dance we just went and had pictures taken because they were doing like professional like prom pictures yeah that tells you the you know the big college i went to was so fancy um but it was hilarious and i remember showing some some guy the pictures and he's like i just fear that you i question your sexuality and i was like it was for fun. Jeez, don't be so serious. Yeah, seriously. Because in the 70s, I'm sorry, it wasn't fluid at the time. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so I But do you know what it. I mean? Like, I mean, we often joke about when we go to movies and popcorn ends up down our bra. Yeah. And I've literally, like, taken off my bra and, like, you can see, like, the indentation of popcorn on my boob i've had that before as well <laughs> so, which is sad so Sorry. then i'm thinking about like being bound and i'm like i don't feel like they would i i actually borrowed we had a friend who had broken his sternum and he had a sternum brace and i borrowed his sternum brace to wrap hot it was so hot ellen um so i'm as sexy as crap <laughs> i bet so do one of them seem more memorable to you here's the thing with this and i can tell that this is a thing from reading the comments Whenever I am like, which book is that? When I see the title, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the fencing book. The fencing <laughs> scene, like, the fen- really yeah. leaves an impression. Well, and I think the fun thing about the fencing scene is, well, first of all, when she went in there, you knew for a fact he was going to somehow show up. She was going to Coincidentally. Run Coincidentally, because he always seemed to show up. But at least in the other ones, it was a little more explained. Well, yeah, like, he, I mean, this one is really the only one that's, like, Oh, that what a coincidence! <laughs> but the other ones are like she—he knew she was gonna be there, gonna so, go to the pub, and so, so he went to the tavern and showed yeah. up. But um, and he really didn't know it was her right off the bat. Yeah, and he so it made her. It made for fun, and, and then he she, then undresses her, and and he <laughs> scolds her. What are mm. you doing? How are you going to get out of here? And, and then does other things to yeah, her. Yeah, there are things done. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that is the one that, whenever I think of this book, mainly because it's like, I remember that there's rules and I'm like, oh yeah, one of them is she wants to fence. She wants to fence. They and get it on in the fencing. Yeah, they do. <laughs> fencing room. Um, and then I just, I love this premise. And literally one time I was like, coming up with an idea for a book in my head 
And I was like, oh, it could be like this. And she wants to set out and do things that she's not allowed to do. And I'm like, oh, I'm literally writing Nine <laughs> Rules to Break when <laughs> seducing okay, a rake. Or romancing a rake. Um, so I obviously like it as a premise because I was trying to come up with it on my own. Um, but yeah, so I just, and um, I also think the solution to riding a stride is fairly memorable. <laughs> well, of course, that's what all guys are going to think when they read that on a, on a list. I got um, something you can ride. But as soon as she writes this list, like, as a romance reader, you're like, obviously, each of these is going to happen in some way. And obviously, he's going to be involved in all of them. Yeah, and, like, attending a duel, you're like, obviously, something is going to happen to where he fights for her honor and... Right. She has and to go. All that it. went down that and way. All that went down. Um, so, Mom, what would be on your list of things to do? Like, just if you weren't like married, I guess, because I guess that kind of ruins some of it. Well, or I mean, is it just a list of things to get me out of my? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm, I'm just wondering what the list is. Sure. About because that would change what the list is. Um, what would I want to like, do? Make you live a little. To make me live a little. Yeah. I've never gone skinny dipping. I should do that sometime. We are thinking about getting a pool. We are thinking about getting a pool, but I'll have to put up a sign. Everyone stay away! <laughs> so that might be a thing I could do at some point in time. And then I'll never be able to get in the pool again. <laughs> hmm. um, uh, so, you know, stuff like that, because I have, in some ways, led kind of a sheltered life. Yes, you have. Don't kid yourself. You have. <laughs> What? Um, here's one of mine, and I can tell you this, because um, I, Mom and I have both never drank any alcohol. But my sister-in-law, friend of the show, Kristen, and I have often, like, t- wondered what kind of drunks we would be. And so we've often, like, talked about, we should just get together one night and just get plus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, my brother can be there to document what kind of drunks we are and how ridiculous we get. So that's one of mine. I can see Kristen is going to be a crazy yes, drunk. Yes, she would be. Because <laughs> I ha- I, I've had this discussion with people, too, because, you know, especially in our military days, we'd go to a lot of parties. Yeah. And, you know, people would always, it, the, it would usually come up that I didn't drink and then discussion would ensue. And, and so they would argue over what kind of drunk they thought I would be and um everyone because I'm kind of outgoing and extroverted and gregarious everyone thinks I would be a super quiet drunk (laughs) I think I would get more I think I would get more like giggly and probably annoying I mean I think most drunks are kind of annoying but I think I would get that and then um, I think I would just get sleepy. <laughs> That's I probably would end up going to the party <laughs> sleepy. The, um, however, having gone to many a party and being the only sober one at a party where no one else was sober, yeah, I can tell you it's fun to a point, and then it's super annoying to be around yes. a bunch of drunk people. <laughs> having gotten texts from yes people who are drunk, I'm like, okay. All right. Let's I get come. it. I get let's... that you love me. All right. <laughs> I understand that you love me. This is like the 12th time you've said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically how that would go down. 
I also, because, I mean, we've talked about this on the show. It took me a while before I had my first kiss. And, um, so. So you'd be a slutty drunk? I, first of all, I do think some of my, um, because I socialize with a lot of people from church where we don't drink. And, um, I go to a lot of parties at church where I'm just like, gosh, this would be better if we were all drunk right now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) where, even if we weren't drunk, but just like a little buzzed where we were just, inhibitions were down a little bit more, you know? I mean, this is a thing. This is why people drink at parties, you know? um, So I've been to so many things where I'm like, gosh, I wish we were all just a little bit drunk right now. Um, Someone spiked the punch. No, but as as I was saying, took me a while before I had my first kiss. So I've long held the thing where I'm like, I wish I could just like go to a bar or something and just make out with a stranger. And, just, <laughs> and then for a long time, I was like, I'm just going to do that and just get it over with and be done with it. And then I can move on. Oh, so that's... You never know what you're going to get. Well, just making out. There's not, <laughs> there's only so many things I could quote unquote get. From... <laughs> COVID, Ellen. COVID. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> super spreader <laughs> except you are vaccinated <laughs> um anyway so those are like the two and then maybe there's some others that i don't want to tell my mom but what <laughs> you tell me everything that's not true <laughs> <laughs> what wow I'm hurt well i mean we've talked about some of the things that through reading romance i'm like huh apparently that's a thing i'm into <laughs> So maybe there's things where I'm like, huh, I, I could try that. I'm worried about your brother's best friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> I know. Phone sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had a lot of phone sex. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. I had a husband who's gone a lot. I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> should um anyway so those are the things i'd love to hear from i think i'm going to put out the question when i post this episode i'd love to hear what other people would have on their list of living a little living a little see mine's i can't think of anything else you're also like older what (laughs) not dead as mom likes to say she's still young and in her 50s for another month Well, that's because our realtor Rami's in their 60s. <laughs> that's what makes it more fun. Um, okay, so let's talk about the conflict. So am I a bet? Am I an effing bet? bet? Um, so that's, I think that's kind of the main, well, I think part of the conflict, I think it starts off with her not, her turning down his proposal. After they sleep together, He's like, obviously, we'll get married now. And she's like, oh, thanks. Um, And here's what I will say about Callie, because we were talking about how she kind of rolls over quickly. But I like in in that part of the conflict that she kind of sticks to it. That, you know, she's like, you're never going to be able to give me what I want slash need in a marriage. Well, and she was right in that her feelings were so strong that she couldn't live with him yeah. unless he had similar feelings. And yeah. I totally get it. I was totally on board with it. And I totally understood why she didn't want to marry him. And she she really doesn't 
roll over on that until he shows at least an inclination that he could potentially and that his feelings were very strong yeah and that and he explains to her you know i've got this history with my mom i just don't know if i can fall in love i don't know if i'm capable of that but i promise that i will take care of you i will care for you greatly like that you are the one the only person i've met who i could see myself well and he changed it to a you will marry me to please please marry me yeah which made all the difference. Yeah. And so I really like, you know, especially because she rolled over a couple times prior to this, that she really stuck to her guns on that. Right. Um, and then uh, she finds out that he had made this bet with Oxford um, saying that she wouldn't ever marry Oxford. And, you know, you knew as soon as that happened that that was going to be a problem. But... Um, well, I think it needs to be said. He never made the bet to try and win anything. Yeah. He made the bet because Oxford was being so horrible about it yes. and so horrible about her yeah. that he wanted to prove him wrong. And he knew about her that she was of stronger character than Oxford was assuming she was. Right. And or that, any of the other men around. Yeah. And so I, I kind of wanted there to be a moment where he got to explain that to her. But it's kind of more that she's just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Because at the, at the end. But um, I I didn't, like, hate him. I wasn't angry at him for that. Right. I, I, I knew as soon as he was able to actually explain to her what was going on that it would be cleared up. And, you know, in, in terms of all the conflicts that we've read, it's pretty minimal. And right. Especially because, and I do like that. You know, he turns around on Oxford and he's like, you shut your mouth and, you know, pistols at dawn if you talk, since you're well, talking about her that yeah. way. <clears throat> this is my future wife. Yeah. I and mean, he just never backed down from that. He says, yeah. this is my future wife. We're going to go meet each other at dawn. And then he turns to her brother and he says, and if you think you're going to keep me from marrying her, you better have a freaking army because I'm coming for her. <laughs> yeah. And I do like that Benedict, you know, when he's telling her, he's like, I, I think he's genuine. And yeah. I, you know, I think that he he loves you and um so i like that that it's all pretty i mean honestly i think that i think the conflict is supposed to be this bet thing but i think kind of the bigger one was when she was kind of dragging her feet on, on the wanting to marry him um but and so like i said I, I liked how she handled herself there and um and i like that she was quickly because she does get mad and marches off and, but I like that she quickly, as soon as she found he was going to fight the duel, she's like, no, I love him. I can't let this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Benedict. Yeah. He Benedict needs a book. He needs a book. Come on, Sarah. Um, Don't and I hanging. read a thing where she said that, you know, Benedict's heroine just hasn't presented herself. And I'm like, well, I'll marry Benedict. Write <laughs> <laughs> me into a book. <laughs> Ellen and Benedict. I think that sounds perfect. Um, no, but I just really love him as a character. Yeah. And, you know, my romance instincts are just like, he needs a book. He does need a book. He's an attractive, charming man. He needs a book. Well, I even said to Ellen, I said, well, I know that Nick and Juliana get a book. I said, does Benedict get a book? And Ellen had to look it up. <laughs> no. 
And I was pretty sure that, and I, I'm pretty sure I had looked it up before because <laughs> I was like, yeah, what the heck? Where's Benedict? Um, so I'm here for that Benedict book. So make it happen, Sarah. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Every time I read a Sarah McLean, I wonder why did I essentially start my mother on Sarah McLean? <laughs> well, she's not missish in her writing. No, she ain't. Um, no, she she goes for it. She does. Um, and she really covers all the bases. She gets you to first, and then second, yeah. and then third, and then home. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she does. <laughs> And I think she takes us to the after party. But the, um, the, she definitely, yes. Yes. Well, I'm trying to think of, because this is one of those where, you know, it's this sweet little virgin, you know. Although the one I always remember, like, oof, boy, is Pippa. Pippa, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I like her book. She's so saucy. But. Um, that scene in the chair. That's always what I remember from Pippa's book. But, and the mirror. No, the I remember the one when they're at the club, like just in an alcove at the club, and I'm like, whew. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty memorable, I guess. Um, anyway, she does. and Actually, now that we're talking about it, Sarah McLean has a lot of very memorable sex scenes. Well, yes, she does, Ellen. And I think it's because she puts them in memorable places. So it's like the fencing scene in this book. There's the um, boxing ring in... Gosh, yes. <laughs> Temple's Gosh, book. In Temple's book. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, all the stuff with Pippa. And, and was it Temple's where they had a swimming pool scene? Was that Temple's book? I think it was. Yeah, there's she. She likes uh she likes to mix it up with locales. Yeah, if you know what I mean. And um, apparently that's also a thing I'm into. So <laughs> there's there's that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Every time I read one of these, I'm like, why? Oh, there are so much better places I could have started mom. But I started mom on a Sarah McLean. Sarah McLean just because I love her books so much and, um, yeah. So. Well, and the first, like a rogue, a, ro- one, a rogue by any other name, name is the one yes. that is the first one. Um, you actually fast forwarded through the sex scenes on that one. Yes. So I had to go back and read. <laughs> so I fast forwarded through like forty percent of the book, <laughs> and I had to go back and read the book so I could get the sex scenes in. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, I love that book. I love Penny and Sixpence, and yes, that's always what I remember for that book. Um, okay, what was your swooniest moment? Um, I really think because I cried like a baby, which is weird because I've read this before and I don't remember crying before, but I did cry in this one and she wasn't even in the scene, but when he goes to duel and he's talking to Nick and he said, you have to promise me that you'll take care of her. I mean, he goes through that, but he says, and you have to tell her that I love her. And when he's going to... Well, he doesn't even like tell her that I love her, but he's like, tell her... And he, like, comes to the realization that he loves her in telling Nick, like, tell her I feel about this way, I feel this way, I feel this way. And Nick's like, okay, so you love her. And he's like, yeah, I guess guess I do. (laughs) And I'm just sobbing like a baby during all that. So I think that was my spooniest moment. And I love that when she does show up and he's dying, not dying, but he's literally, you know, he's He's suffering a flesh wound. And um, he's telling her all this stuff and they're, you know both crying and it's sweet and yeah 
And I also love in that moment where he's like, okay, go fire that pistol so we can be done with, with this, this list. list. <laughs> uh, but then she's, then I just have to start a new list. Um, but I did, yeah. And I, I always hate pick, because, you know, that's kind of the grand gesture, the kind of big yeah. moment. I always hate picking that as my swooniest moment. Because I did like, you know, all the little things that they did and he... So, after. but I do really like that scene. Yeah, I know I like that one a lot too. And um, I mean, like I said, fencing really sticks out in my brain for this book, so that is a good one. Um, I also really like the scene where they take care of be considered beautiful just mm-hmm. once, and you know they've just kind of had a had a moment, and um, he just is like, okay. I want you to pay attention to me when I tell you this. And he tells her, you know. All the things he how, thinks is beautiful yeah. about her. And I really like that. And I also, um, I really like the dance every dance moment where she's like, that's so sweet that you set this up. And he's like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> it's just that, you know, you're, you, you're you now. And people are recognizing it and things like that. And I yeah. thought that that was, I like that moment a lot too. Um, okay, let's hear from some of the listeners. And we had a lot of people. We did. This is a, this is a favorite for a lot of, a lot of people. So, um, we had a lot of people, um, tell us what they thought. Chime in on this one. So Jess says, I adore this book so much and have been a Sarah McLean fan, super fan since I first read it when it was released back in 2010. I recently reread it for the umpteenth time by listening to the audiobook and was, was reminded yet again of how much I love Callie and Gabriel. Things I love. An amazing heroine who decides to live her life and go after what she wants. You can't help but root for her. Callie is just so nice and kind and strong and so deserving of a happily ever after. A rakish hero who loves his family and actually empowers the heroine on her journey. Yeah. I do like that. I like that, um, you know, <laughs> I like both her and her, him and her brother who are just like, you're going to be the death of me. <laughs> but that he's like, he's like that parent who's like, I'd rather you do it at home. You know? <laughs> I'd rather I'm with you yeah. than have you out there on your own trying to do this. Um, Jess continues, great banter, check, yes. yep, humor, yes, sexual tension for days and amazing steamy scenes, yes, um, wonderful side characters, I'm still waiting for Benedict to get his HEA, yes, truly, Dang, girl, unrequited childhood crush slash love that turns into so much lo- more, also, I love a wallflower and a ro- reformed rake pairing, don't we all? Oh, one of the things that makes me swoon in this book is whenever Gabriel calls Callie Empress. And one of my all-time favorite scenes is the scene at the fencing club. In my opinion, this book is the perfect and quintessential historical romance. It is, like, a really good just... Because it covers so many... It covers so many things that are so prevalent in a historical. Wallflower, rake, um, all the different scenes that we get. You know, from all the things in her list. <clears throat> yeah. Amanda says, I loved this one. I'm actually doing a Sarah McLean backlist read, and she is such a great writer. I loved Callie and Gabriel. The dialogue, the humor, the angst, the way they were drawn to one another, even though Gabe tried not to be. I adored Callie's sass and the way she bucked convention. Yes. Raquel says, I absolutely loved this book. It was so sensual. The first kiss, the wrist kiss scene. That is good. Mm. 
Um, the fence club, the gentleman's club, the riding astride, <laughs> everything was absolute perfection, especially Ralston. So you may find it funny that one of my favorite parts was the prologue and the beginning of the first chapter where it's established that Callie has joined the unofficial spinster seating club and it really sets the story. TMI, but my 35th birthday was a couple of weeks ago and I keep getting asked why I'm still single and childless. Well, it's pretty hard to get married and have babies when you haven't met someone. Duh. Girl. <laughs> Ellen is right on your tail. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm turning 34 next month. month. And um, uh, my joke is, listen, I want to get married and have babies, but nobody's hiring. <laughs> the market is really, the, the job market. market is really lackluster. It's not right really now. a buyer's market. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel you, Raquel. We, we can start our own spinster seating club. Um. If I lived, this is Raquel, if I lived in Regency, England, I'd be considered a mummy. Anyway, I rooted for Callie from the moment she wrote down the list and found it so refreshing that even though this is historical, the heroine was so empowered in spite of her own insecurities. All those passive, plain, missish, little mouse, coward comments really cut deep on Callie, but she rose above them like the empress she was. I loved Ralston and how supportive he was of Callie's list without being overprotective and how he fell in love with Callie because of who she truly is. Not because of her looks and how he fell in love with Callie because of... Oh, wait. Sorry. Not because of her looks or how she was with Juliana. Great side characters, too. Love the siblings on both sides. Yeah, me too. And Anne cracked me up. Anne is fun. <laughs> this is the third historical I've read this year. The other two were Devil in Winter and Dreaming of You by Lisa Kleypas. Oh, Those are both, both awesome. Yeah. I think I might be on my way to becoming a more frequent HR reader. Go for it, girl. There's some great, some great historicals. I spent probably my first year just yeah. reading historicals. Um... So, Raquel, yeah, you basically, you, you get me, girl, because that's basically how I also feel about Callie, is she's, it's still, she's still prevalent to us other on-the-shelf gals. <laughs> um, Jessica says, Jason, Megan, and I did a Sarah McLean reread last year, and even though I may love specific heroes or heroines of Sarah's more than this one, this one will always be my favorite as a whole work. I think, yeah, I, I think that's where I land. I think that's why I love this one and Rogue by any other name is I love the whole work. I love the, like, premise and story. But, yeah, I agree that there's maybe some heroes or heroines that I love of hers more. Um, Jessica continues. I just love it so much. When I first, when I finished reading it, I always want to start over. Maybe it's because it was the first Sarah McLean that I read. So glad you picked this one. Um, Natalie says, sigh, I love this book. It was my first Sarah McLean and one of the first historical romances I ever read. It set the bar high. It also features one of my favorite tropes, which I call wallflower with a plan. TM. <laughs> um, I love it when a shy, unconventional bookworm, blue stocking lady who is overlooked and underappreciated surprises everyone with her spine of steel and her awesomeness that was always there under the surface. See also beard science. Yes. Oh, yes. Also, that fencing scene, fire emoji, sweating emoji, fire emoji. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I love Wallflower with a Plan. That is definitely a trope that, first of all, it's one that Sarah McLean dives into. Right. Quite a lot. Um, because, like we were saying, Pippa is definitely that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a good one. And yeah, Beard Science is another good example of that. The, um... I was going to make a great comment, and now I can't remember. Oh, I bet you were. It was really good. 
but it's my dementia. <laughs> Your 59-year-old dementia. Tiernan says, I've read several Sarah McLean books and really enjoyed them. I finally read this for the podcast, and it is by far my favorite. It was so romantic, and I just adore Callie. I'm not one to reread a lot, but I will reread this. I'm so happy we voted on this one for our summer reads. I'm glad that, you know, you're getting to discover this yes. book because, yeah, I love this book. Carla says, I loved this book. I read it in one day. The story flowed so easily. The side characters were amazing, like Anne helping Callie and Mariana's de- how delicious quote. <laughs> I do love when Mariana, like, finds out about her whole scheme and, you know, wants to help and is jealous yes. of her and her, you know, <laughs> non-passive yes. ways now. Um, they added humor to the story. Um, I liked that Callie was surrounded by people who supported her and her list. I thought she was gutsy AF, and even when she was unsure, she did all of those things she wrote down. And Gabriel was just wow. I liked that he didn't judge Callie's list and that he didn't read it until much later. He cracked me up every time he called her minx, and his family dynamics development was great. It's a very enjoyable book. Yes. I remember my great comment, because I was thinking about this. The, um... It was fun to me because we've read lots of books where girls are secretly learned fencing or secretly learned how to gamble or secret. She goes into these things she's never even done them before. Yeah. <laughs> so she she goes into the fencing thing and and she's never even fenced and he's like on guard and she's like she just copies what he does. <laughs> and um and then the gambling she's never gambled before Drinks she's never scotch for the first time and, and nearly like, oh, dies. Wow. Um, but it's it's just funny to me that she just jumps into these things without ever having even tried them so well and and you know she her him and her brother call her out on that like why are you doing this if you don't enjoy it and she's like it's not it's not the thing it's the adventure around it that well I like. and, it's, and it's that i'm not supposed to but i'm going to anyway yeah, yeah. no she's she's really cute i, I love her Um, Tatiana says, this was my first Sarah McLean and one of my first romance novels. Absolutely love, love, love Callie and Ralston. I've read and listened to this book several times. Ralston is a delicious grumpy hero and I wouldn't mind fencing with him at all. Fire, 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 fire. Uh Yeah, no, same. Uh, Callie's list is such an inspiration. All the things she set herself to do were quite brave and daring and I love seeing a heroine taking the lead. As I re-listened this weekend, I wondered what would my list be like? Tatiana, I'm also curious about that. Um, so we, we should start a thread on the group and see what people's list would be if you're willing to share. Well, not a whole list, just, or even unless you want to do a whole list, but yeah. just a couple things that you would be on there. Yeah. Anne says, I agree with a lot of the other comments. I love this book and it was such a fun read. If I had to be picky, I would say some of the wording was a little repetitive, but almost everything about the characters and stories was done so well. I kept looking forward to crossing off more items from the list along with Callie and I couldn't stop reading until Callie Callie and Ralston were finally together. Um, Yes, I get the repetitive wording comment. Well, especially as this was a reread, there was some stuff where I'm like, okay, yeah, we, we've we've established that you like her curvy body. Like, yeah. <laughs> got it. Nailed it. Um, Megan says, I feel like I'm just repeating everyone else, but I love this book. I read this relatively early in my romance journey. It was my first Sarah McLean, and you never forget your first. It's just so rom- romancy with all the fabulous tropes. The rake, the spinster, the deal, breaking the rules, the lady in pants, the duel. So good. Also, hashtag justice for Benedict, even though she says she's never going to do it. I know. Somebody needs to write, like, a fanfic or something. Seriously, about someone get on that. <laughs> 
but make uh, it good. Don't make it silly. Make it. <laughs> Ruthie says, well, it took me some time to get into this. I haven't read all the comments, but in general, I think I'm alone in that. Uh, first of all, I have a sort of aversion to a trope in which a girl tries to get a guy. This really isn't that, but maybe the title and then in the beginning where she follows him and sort of thinks about him and then gasp, goes to his house in the middle of the night. I was like, um, that was pretty ballsy. Why just show up? Why? <laughs> so I had some trouble getting past that. However, I put it aside and came back to it and it was a lovely story. Their banter was cute and ultimately a satisfying story. At the point that she fe- went fencing is when I started to really enjoy it and see a more interesting push pull between them. That is a good like point to where she starts kind of giving as much as, right, you know, giving back as much as he is, I guess, in terms of, like, their banter and things like that. Um, well, that's but, what I'm talking about, her journey, where she kind of starts out kind of... Yeah, but I, I, can, I can see where it might take a second to get into this book, I guess. Yeah. Um, Juliet says, read this one a while ago, but I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed the friendship of convenience to partners and crimes to lovers. Uh, I thought it was sweet and loved that he was willing to give her freedom and help her in her crazy-for-the-time adventure, and it was fun to see him slowly fall in love with her. I feel like most times with romance, the unrequited love is either imagined because the hero doesn't reveal his feelings for a while, or on the man's side, as in he's been in love with her all along. So to me, it felt refreshing to see this flipped. This book was my favorite of the series. I think this is also my favorite of this series as well. Um, and then finally, mom and I, um, our friend Morgan, mom doesn't even know about this, um, texted me <laughs> her, her thoughts on the book. Um, and I say, friend, you're all our friends. I want you all to know that. But we've known Morgan since but, she was a small child. <laughs> yeah. But we actually, like, in person know Morgan. Um, but she said, I had never read this author and was initially turned off by the title and cover of this book, but I was quickly sucked in once I started reading and ended up enjoying it immensely. I loved the quick pacing, plot, and character development. I loved Gabriel and Callie's banter and the chemistry and the steamy scenes were plentiful and wonderfully written. There were times that I felt Callie forgave him too quickly, her resolve weakening at the slightest physical touch. Um, hello, Morgan. I think I called that out as well. <laughs> yeah. The feminist side of me wishes she would have held out and made him suffer a little longer using her feminine powers over him to make him realize that he was being an idiot. Yeah, we're worthy on that one, Morgan. But I also kind of liked that she was so brazen and took from him exactly what she wanted. The whole thing for her was never about making him fall in love with her, but being bold and daring, satisfying a part of herself that she'd always dreamed about and was finally coming to discover and enjoy. I love that she refused his proposals until she could have him the way that she wanted him. I've obviously read books from this time period where people engage in casual sexual activity, but for some reason this book seemed especially casual and laid back about reputations, propriety, and being quote-unquote ruined, especially from the women. It was talked about and accepted so easily by Marianne, the Anne, and the dressmakers, and all of them the me- and all of the men, including her brother. It was kind of refreshing, actually, but it was a little surprising and took some getting used to, just because it's so different from other books I've read demanding justice for ruined reputations. But maybe that's par for the course with this author. I would say it's definitely, that's, yeah, yes, that's more prevalent in her books. Either way, I'm excited to read more of her books. Oh, and I think the most swoon-worthy scene was in the fencing room. Hard eye emojis. Yeah, Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. <laughs> um, she says, oh, but I did not appreciate the nicknames of Empress and Lovely. In general, I am not a fan of pet names, and these ones kind of made me cringe. 
Yeah. It's... I, th- I think a lot of it just kind of comes from her insecurities. Like, I think Lovely came because... She needed to be reminded of that yeah. on, a, on the rig. Because I didn't love that either. I mean, I didn't love that either. Empress was okay. Um, but I told Morgan that she definitely should read the rest of the series, and then she should read The Rule of Scoundrels because the payoff yes is definitely one of the best and don't say anything of... to ruin anything no i'm not that's all i'm going to say but i think it's like one of the best in all of romance landia so that's what i will say on that um mom any final thoughts on this book um i loved it i gave it 5 stars i haven't given yeah. a 5 star book in because i read it before i started putting things on goodreads so that's yeah. how long ago i read this book um, so it came up asking me what I wanted to, and I gave it five stars cause yeah. it's, it's a good time. It's a good one. And, um, yeah, I recognize that it's not perfect, but I still just, I love it. And, um, I, I doubt, I stand by that. It's a great one for people who are looking to get into romance because like we said, it's just got all, all the tropey goodness in this one. So it's, it's a. It's a quintessential historical, I think. It's a good one. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake by Sarah McLean. We would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On July 26th, we will be discussing The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. Ah. Um, For now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be revealing a couple more categories in the No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. No Ethel Merman going there. Yeah, I like. I always let pull. I always like to put a little Ethel stank on everything I sing. <laughs> uh, that's charming. R.I.P. Ethel. Um, okay, so we got a couple emails from Teresa. So Teresa says, "Ellen and Mom still enjoying the podcast from the very beginning. Believe it or not." Um, I don't know if that means you've gone back to the beginning or you've been listening from the beginning. I'd like to, if you, do, if you ever do go back to the beginning, I like to think we're better now than we were in the beginning. <laughs> I know. We, our our first episode has the most listens. I'm like, that is not the one that I want to have oh, the most no, listens. Because we were just like, we didn't know what the hell what we, we were, were doing. doing, what we were going to talk about. It was just all kind of a hot not, mess. Not that we do any now either, but you know. Whatever. This is also planned out and scripted. You guys have no idea. <laughs> Um, Teresa continues, definitely getting some good recommendations. However, I'm surprised you haven't, you two haven't reviewed one of my favorite authors, Sherry Thomas. I absolutely love her writing and her background is fascinating. Uh, consider it for an episode. Uh, Teresa, I will, because here's the thing. I've actually been to a reading, a romance reading salon that Kathy Maxwell used to put on in, um, Austin, the Austin area. And Sherry Thomas was there and she read, um... Some of her, like, Lady Sherlock book series. What? Yeah, and it definitely, she sounds like an author that mom would get into, so. I'm um, intrigued already. Yeah, we'll have to try some of that. Uh, Teresa then followed up and said, 
Hearing that you two share my love for Richard Armitage and Jane Austen, I recommend reading Elizabeth Gaskell, a lesser-known Victorian writer, then checking out the series adaptation starring Armitage as the swoon-worthy Thor mm. hero, John Thornton. I'm confident you two will be debating Darcy or Thornton. Um, Teresa. <laughs> silly, Girlfriend. Silly, silly Girl. Teresa. <laughs> no. Um, I have... It's cute that you think we haven't seen that. <laughs> I have also read North and South. I have not read um, North and South. But it was after watching North and South a, hand, a, a numerous amount of times. Because, yeah, him in that series is... Ridiculous. Redonkulous, if I will. If I, if I were to put it And the whole look back at me thing is, like, oh taken off. I mean, we're... He is just look back so, like... Ugh. Uh, and him at the end. He's so passionate. Dang he's him. He's so, like, restrained, passionate in that, that it's... And then he lets it go, and... Gosh, dang. Gosh. Panty melting. Yeah, it is. And he's just ridiculous. Redonkulous, if you will. Will Yes. But thank you for mentioning it. Because if we hadn't have seen it, we would have wanted to see it. Yeah. But, but yeah, we're, we're all (laughs) over that trash. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to bring up during this break segment is I've been toying gently with the idea of a Patreon I'm curious if, A, you guys would even be interested in that, and B, if if you were, what would you like to see on a Patreon from us? Why don't you explain what a Patreon is? Because mom doesn't Because I don't know what it is. <laughs> I was trying to make it sound like I did. <laughs> no, mom was like, you can talk about that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, it's like a thing where... I mean, what what it would be for us is we would put out bonus content for the podcast and people could get in on certain levels and you get certain rewards for paying certain amounts. Okay, I still don't know what that is, but... Not that you guys need to buy our love. I don't want that to be the... Um, the thing at all but just if we did if you would be interested i'm just curious because i don't want to do it if you guys aren't interested because (laughs) it's just more work for me let's be honest um anyway but let me know i'll also put out a thing on the facebook group kind of getting some feedback on that front um i don't know why i'm thinking about doing this when i'm in the throes of school but you know, and I've been thinking, like... Because <laughs> you're a glutton for punishment. I am a glutton for punishment. I'm a glutton for giving myself more crap to do. Um, I was thinking, like, maybe one of them could be uh, we record ourselves recording the episodes, and we could, like, live stream it for Patreon people. Oh, gosh. People. I'd have to wear clothes. <laughs> <laughs> not no. that I'm naked, <laughs> but I'm not necessarily, like... In- you know, high up. fashion. <laughs> that could be part of the Patreon rewards. Though. Well, we've been sitting here rubbing our eyes. We both have makeup under our eyes. Yeah, we do. <laughs> that kind of content. Is what we could get. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll put that out, and I want to hear from you guys on that front. But um, that will do it for today's break segment. So uh, we'll see you next time for that break. Bye. Welcome back. So today we are going to continue with our No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. So 
So as a reminder, a couple of weeks ago, I was prompting the Facebook group with scenarios where a non-romance reader comes seeking a specific type of romance book, such as your mom's friend asking for a mystery or your church friend asking for a clean romance. So today we're going to name some of our picks and then some of the group's picks for two different uh, scenarios. So the first is hot books. Hot so the scene was your friend sidles up to you at a party and she says, so you read those romance novels, right? So what's like the hottest one you've read? I'm looking for a good one for reasons. And here's the thing. This actually is one that has happened to me and it was my boss. <laughs> and she, I mean, she was going through marital problems and I think she just wanted a hot book and so I'm like well you've come to the right place but I'm hesitant to like full the you know go full throttle at you because I can get pretty hot because <laughs> you're my boss <laughs> well you can get hotter than me because there's a lot of books yeah. that you haven't let me read yeah and I'm gonna so so some of my picks would be Fixer Up by Tessa Bailey I was gonna say pretty much anything Tessa pe- yeah Tessa Bailey um The Roommate by Rosie Dannon Friend of yes. the show. Friend of the show, Rosie Dannon. Um, okay, this is where we get into the books that mom can't read. Okay, um, wait, let me get something to write No. With. <laughs> you really cannot read these books. Um, in terms of, like, the hottest books that I've read, American Queen by Sierra Simone, you cannot read that book. Okay. Don't even look at what it's about. Okay. <laughs> um, also, in that same vein of don't look, don't look it up, is the Game Maker series by Cressley Cole. That series is redonkulous again. <laughs> okay. Um, and it gets it gets really hot. Like too hot. But <laughs> I'm not judging you at all. Well kind of. <laughs> okay, and, I'm totally judging you. Also, uh The Immortals After Dark series by Cressley Cole. And then there's some other books that I don't even want to say because I'm afraid that you guys are... Wow. <laughs> that you guys will judge me. Um, <laughs> I've already called you a slut twice in this episode. <laughs> so now you guys know what I'm um, talking about. Yeah. I don't want to get into it because it make, it'll make me feel weird. Um, anyway, I'll happily read what you guys say are the hottest books. Um, Mom, did you have a, a hot book? What? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think everything I've read now is pretty tame. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm, I'm sounding. I'm trying to sound condescending. Do you have a hot book? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> <What's it? laughs> well, apparently not because you won't let me read any of the hot ones. I just. But it's mom. It's because I know you wouldn't enjoy it. I probably wouldn't, Ellen. You're right. You're right. First of all, if it's. Just sex over story, I'm not going to be. Yeah. That's not. I've read a few like that. Yeah. Uh, That's not going to interest me at all. Yeah. Um, Like, I've never read Fifty Shades because I feel that that is going to be. It's not. That is not what I would. And my boss came to me because she wanted, she said she had read that and she wanted something that was like that. I'm like, well, I can give you way better than that. So let's get to work. (laughs) like a makeover of a reading makeover i think i had her read um a maya banks book uh fever i think is what i had i told her that because it was kind of like in the same vein as that um i don't remember what else i had her read anyway 
Um, yeah, I can't think of much else. The, I mean, like some of the uh, Kennedy Ryan books. Oh yeah, get pretty saucy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tessa Bailey is a good one. Um, Sarah McLean is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Tessa Dare, if you're if you're going historical, her she's got some pretty saucy yeah. historicals. Um, so Sarah, one of our Sarahs, says Neon Gods by Katie Robert and the Duke I'd Like to F anthology. So. Haven't read that one. <laughs> based on that. Um, Jennifer says Dirty R- Rowdy Thing by Christina Lauren, which is a male-female. Sweet Filthy Boy by Christina Lauren, which is also a male-female. And then Pansies by Alexis Hall, which is a male-male. Um, Alexis Hall, who wrote Boyfriend Material. We love it. Um, Catherine says, if someone is asking this, I feel like I have more room to recommend books, but they won't stop after the first one. For that reason, I'd go with both Rosie Dannon books. The first one is known for being hot, but the second one is my favorite. We're so excited. Yeah, we're reading to that read it. soon. Um, and Rosie's coming on again, right? Don't hold me to that. But okay. yes, that we're, is We're trying to make that work. <laughs> um, and then Catherine says she would introduce them to Pippa Grant, explain about hockey romances, and from there, see if we need to adjust the steam level. <laughs> It's like going on medication, it's you like, know, you've got to, you got to make yeah. sure you got the right dosage. Or, you know, do it like what mom and I did and just kind of, well, I threw you into the deep end, but then I feel like now it's just white noise to you, any of the sex scenes. And so we can get a little more saucy. Yeah. Apparently not though. You won't let me read. That's true. Half the books you've read. <laughs> that not half. Let, let's be clear. <laughs> um, Emma says him by Serena Bowen and L. Kennedy, which is a male male. And I've also heard that that is like a favorite and pretty hot. Um, and then she also said Out of Uniform series by L. Kennedy, who we read we last read week. We read L. Kennedy last week. Um, Melissa says the Fake Boyfriend series by Eden Finley. It's a male-male sports series that is fire emoji. Um, Savannah says the Ravenhood series by Kate Stewart. Birthday Girl by Penelope Douglas. Tessa Bailey's three books, Fix Her Up, Love Her or Lose Her, and Tools of Engagement. Yes, those are all very steamy. Um, Rosie Dannon's two books, Yes, I and I Love You by Ronnie Lauren, and The Kiss Quotient and The Bride Test by Helen Huang, which is interesting because I don't remember those two being... I don't remember those being... All that hot, hot. Super hot. I mean, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, Natalie says, Anything by Sierra Simone, I'd recommend Sinner or Misadventures of a Curvy Girl or... Or Katie Robert. Um, yes. I will back the Sierra Simone recommendation. Well, Sinner is one that you told me I couldn't read. No. You can't read any Sierra Simone. Okay. You can't. First of all, you won't like it. I'm just telling you. I know you. You won't like it. But her books are out of the park. Okay. (laughs) I'll take your word for it, Ellen. Um, Jen says, I definitely tell my friend about the queen of dirty talk, Tessa Bailey, and the Hot and Hammered series. Yes, so that's, that's getting echoed a lot. Also, The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang, and for Extra Spicy, I recommend the Club series by Lauren Rowe. Or Rao, I don't know how you would say that. Um, yeah, you guys are introducing me to... Well, Kiss Quotient, I'm trying to think. I remember he was, like, a male escort. But I don't remember, I don't know, it's been a while. Maybe I need to go back and listen to that episode. And that, and I've also recommended that book to people thinking that it wasn't that bad, but I don't know. 
Maybe it was. I don't um, remember either. <laughs> they were too embarrassed to say anything to me about it. Um, Raquel says, I so wish somebody would ask me this in real life, so I'm going to give it my all. Imaginary friend who sidles up to me at this imaginary party. Um, she recommends The Beautiful Series by Christina Lauren. Most can be read as standalones by, uh, by why do that when you can, but why do that when you can have all these hot book boyfriends? My personal- Did I, I did I read? I read the first one. I don't think you've read it. Okay. Um, she says, my personal favorite is Beautiful Player because Will Sumner, but Beautiful Player is a great enemies to lovers. Beautiful Stranger is a great wreck for exhibitionism slash voyeurism. Whoa. Yeah. I think that's the one that I read. Beautiful Secret has this super steamy scene and Niall is like a mix of all the previous heroes. Beautiful is the weakest in my opinion, but a nice read to get a glimpse of all the series characters. Um, and then she says, Wild Season Series by Christina Lauren, uh, younger characters, the f- first sweet, filthy boy, just that title, is set in Paris and has some, uh, role play. I haven't reread the other three in a while, but I remember them being really sexy. The Rugby Series by L.H. Causeway and Penny Reed, hot Irish rugby players, need I say more? The first book, The Hooker and the Hermit, has a little bit of bondage if you're into that. I told you that. <laughs> you did. Um... She says, Miles Family by Claire Kingsley. Personal favorite books are three and four, but start with book one, Broken Miles, so you can get the context of the whole family. Book four is a Beauty and the Beast story, so that's different from your typical romance. Um, five, The Roommate and the Intimacy Experiment by Rosie Dannon. Well, book two, Ty, uh, The Intimacy Experiment, is perhaps not as explicit as book one. I do think it's super hot and slow burning. Uh, these are amazing stories that reflect on the adult entertainment industry, modern intimacy, love, faith, and religion. Um, bonus, if you ask me this during the holidays, The Reindeer Falls Christmas Collection by Janet Aston, which we both read. Yeah. Um, the three books are fun, short, sexy reads. Um... They're a good way to fill up your book challenge on Goodreads yeah, at the end of the year, especially at the end of the year, yeah. Um, okay, so that's it for our hot picks. I'm sure maybe if I need to fill out the, <laughs> the graphic, I'll... Maybe, I, do you want me to step out of the room, Ellen, while you <laughs> discuss the rest of them? <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> um, so in, in reverse to that... Um, I posed this scenario. Scene, you're at the church bake sale when a fellow parishioner comes up to you to make conversation. I know you like to read the romance books, and I'm interested in trying one, but I don't think I can handle too much of the S-E-X. Is there a book that has a nice love story without too much of that? So, what would your picks be for that, Mom? This is a scenario that you and I have both been faced with a lot more we have been, because... Once people find out we do this podcast, then they start asking us about the books. And um, anyway, um, if they want historical, I'd definitely go with Edenbrook. Yes. Uh, there are probably others. I can't think of any too, too many other historicals yeah. that are, you know, unless you get into like Jane Austen and stuff like that. Um, Just, or Georgia Hare. For... Um, uh, contemporary. contemporary. That's the word I was trying to think of. Uh, Waiting for Tom Hanks. That whole series is... By Carrie Winfrey. By Carrie Winfrey. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Delightful young lady. Um, also, uh, the Sally Thorne books are pretty... Yeah. So, especially Hating Game, just because it's a quintessential romance. Yeah. We would definitely... I think that one's pretty I mean, pretty it's tame. got some... It's, it's, it's got some, like, steamy scenes, 
but they're mainly just makeouts, and then like it kind of fades to black. Right. So I think I think that that one's okay. Um, on Un- Un- honeymooners was a kind of a fade to black too. Yeah. And um, uh, I also thought of Amy Harmon books. Yes. Um, and those are across the yeah. I mean, she writes all kinds of different genres. She's yeah. got historical. She's got contemporary fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. She's. I mean, she's all over the place. So yeah. you could almost fill any. But making faces, I've recommended too many people. Yeah, not just like people looking for a romance. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just because it's such a good book. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are basically the same as um what I had, and then there's some that people mentioned that I also thought of. Um, Sarah, one of a different Sarah, <laughs> said the match and the enemy by Sarah Adams, the Bradford sister series by Becky Wade. Georgia Moon Romance Series by Cindy Rowland Anderson, an Enchanted Events Series by Jenny B. Jones, and Anything by Amy Matteo and Nicole Deese. Um, Sarah, I have not heard of any of those, yeah. so um, those are, we'll have to check some of that out. I do have a lot of historical mysteries that yeah. I would recommend, but I'm saving those for when we talk about mysteries. We've also, I think Riley Thorne is a good one, too, because yeah. it's... Fairly clean. Fairly clean. I mean, especially with all the cock blockage and the second Seriously. <laughs> well, and even the first one is kind of a slow burn. I mean, you, <laughs> she sees them having sex, yeah. and you hear about it throughout the book, but they don't actually have sex till yeah. the very end. Natalie says, Eating Brick by Julian Donaldson would be a good rec for that. Yes. Melissa says, The Throne, Thorn of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss, which... Is that the one I just read? No, I'm thinking that's different than, I don't know. Blood and Ash. No, 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 that's Oh, oh that's, Al- oh, Armandre. Court of Throne and Roses. Is, I get those two mixed up Court of Throne and time. Roses is by Sarah J. Moss, but I think that that's different from the Thorn of Glass series. Uh, Savannah says, there's a third book too, but I haven't read it, but these are both Fade to Black, and she uh, showed a screenshot of The Tourist Attraction by Sarah Morgan Thaler and Mistletoe and Mr. Wright by Sarah Morgan Thaler. We, we read, read The Tourist Attraction from the show. Yep. Um, Deanna says been a while since i read them but i think maybe the bride quartet series or in boons boonsboro series both by Nora roberts would fit heavy romance for sure but i don't think the sex was super detailed and i've read the first two books in the bride quartet series from deanna um and because she get gifted them to me for our um book exchange. secret yeah book ex- i guess it wasn't a secret santa but yeah book exchange and um yeah, I think that those are both pretty tame. Um, Emma says, Aisha at last, which yes. is a good one. Um, the Pride Prejudice and Other Flavor series. Evie Drake starts over. The Flat Chair. Yes. I seem to remember that one being... And it was very slow burning because they don't even like meet, meet each other until yeah, pretty long in the book. Um, and then she says, Sophie Kinsella and Meg Cabot, which, yeah, I grew up recommending those to people. Um, Ava says, Dear Emmy Blue by Leah Lewis. It's incredibly sweet. No sex, but there is some kissing. Um, I think that that's, that's safe. Kate says, The Bookish Life of Nina Hill, which we mm-hmm. read, and I think that that one is good. The Central Park Pact series, um, by Lauren Lane, although this was a series where the fade to black felt out of place. Um, and Just the Sexiest Man Alive by Julie James. Um, yeah, Lauren Lane, that surprised me, because the Lauren Lane book we read was, uh, pretty steamy, if I remember correctly. Was it a Christmas one? It was a Christmas one, yeah. 
Um, Marvy says Mariana Zapata. Alicia echoes that with the wall of Winnipeg and me. And Heather follows it up with anything Mariana Zapata and also anything even Ellis. Uh, she does a lot of Fade to Black. Um, and then Cassie says Edenbrooke, I'd recommend this a thousand times. Also, I would cautiously recommend Mariana Zapata. Her books are clean up until about the 90% mark where she adds one sex scene. Yeah. And I did think that when everybody was recommending Mariana Zapata because I'm like, they're, they are clean up to a point. And I think it just feels clean because by that point you're like, geez, finally have sex already. <laughs> Um, so I, I get that recommendation. Jen says, um, Mari McFarlane writes, great closed door romance. Don't you forget about me. And if I never met you are my favorites. Catherine Center is probably more women's fiction, but each of her stories have a lovely romance. Plus her books are so inspirational and optimistic. They're a great stepping stone into romance. Um, yeah, I've had, uh, some of the Mari McFarlane books on my list for a while. Megan says, Waiting for Tom Hanks by our very own Carrie Winfrey. It's super cute and closed door. Yes. Katrina says, Kate Fjord is soup, is fun and not at all graphic. Danielle Hawkins is a New Zealand writer who might perhaps veer slightly on the women's fiction side, but each of her books is a love story and she's a delightful writer with much discretion in the bedroom scenes. Chocolate Cake for Breakfast is a favorite of mine. I'd agree with Mari McFarlane. Is that a book name or just, is she just telling us what she <laughs> I, that is, that does sound good. <laughs> I, I would be behind Chocolate that 100%. Yeah, um, she continues. I'd agree Mari McFarlane is a good choice. Also, Millie Johnson is delightful. My favorite book of last year was Barbara O'Neill's The Art of Inheriting Secrets. So I'd had her and her other writing identify identities, Ruth Wind and Barbara Samuels for historical romance. And Jennifer Cruzy, funny and always excellent dogs. <laughs> I've reread her so many times. Um, yeah, so there's, so there's those. Uh, Lori says I second Sarah Smith on the recommendation of Sarah Adams. She has several contemporaries that have come out over the past couple of years that are sassy and fun, but the relationships stay pretty chaste. I also don't think there's a lot of cursing in her books, which for some ladies of the church break sale is sometimes <laughs> a, a, as big a deal as the SEX. Soraya Wilson is another author who writes in a similar lane. We've done a Soraya Wilson. We did Starstruck. Um, and Catherine Rie. I almost, I almost forgot her. My mom is the lady at the church book sale, bake sale. She and I don't have a lot of overlap, almost none in book recs, but we both really enjoyed Dear Mr. Knightley. Hey, I hey. like that title. Um, Catherine says, Aisha at last, maybe not at a church bake sale, but I did have my Jewish mother-in-law read it, and then they can follow it up with Hannah Kahn uh, carries on. This is another one where Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society makes a good recommendation. And yeah. we have recommended that to many people at yeah, church. Yeah, for sure. Um, Miriam says, another vote for Mari McFarlane. Also, I've read a few Mimi Matthews, which I've really enjoyed. And then finally, Beth says, Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers, a gold rush era, I think, retelling of the book of Hosea. It is amazing. Interesting. Um, the book of Hosea is pretty crazy. <laughs> so that's an interesting, I don't know, I hate to sound like I'm a big Bible reader. <laughs> but um, We try. <laughs> but, you know, um, I've dabbled. So those are interesting. And you guys, I mean, like, we like to consider ourselves somewhat experts on the clean side, but apparently that's not where we dabble no. as much 
anymore. There's a lot of stuff there we've never heard of. <laughs> so, uh, so you guys are much more. But Ellen was killing it with the nasty ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird how that works. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. Um, so thanks you guys for continuing to help us, you know, curate this list. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the graphics I've been putting together for them because they're a lot of freaking work. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm loving this and I know that a lot of other people are, so I hope you guys are too. Um, so thanks so much again for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us on July 26th for The Soul Mini Equation by Christina Lauren, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Ellen, you're ever so welcome. Yeah, I know. All right. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.